Are the Panthers a quarterback away from being a high-caliber team, a team that can win an NFC championship, the division that can go to a Super Bowl? That is the question that I pose to kick off today's conversation as we are excited to have you here on episode four. We're already four episodes into this Two States, One Team podcast I am your host, Carolina Dad, bringing all the energy, all the time that I have devoted to giving you all the information I can about your Carolina Panthers. As always, keep pounding and let's get this thing rolling. Now, that conversation that I just had, or I should say that statement I just made around the quarterback, that wasn't me. That was actually a paraphrase of Dan Orlovsky, a ESPN analyst who believes that the Panthers are a quarterback away from being contenders. He is begging the Panthers to make their move. And if you've listened to me, some of the points he brings up are the same points that I've been making. Number one, this division is wide open. We don't have to go back through it, but we know that the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons are all in a kind of similar state that we are looking for that quarterback. Now, Orlovsky wants us to go out and draft our quarterback. I just don't know if that's the case. I say that because it feels like unless we are just going to give up the farm, which I don't want to give up the farm to get our guy, because in my mind, I don't see a Patrick Mahomes in this draft right now. Of course, I could be proven wrong down the line, but just based on what I see, let's take a veteran. What do you what do you think about a veteran? Hey, We're here to do some talking, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks as usual. That is going to be a hot topic until I know what the heck we're doing, who we're taking, who we're signing, which leads me into a further conversation as we start talking about the combine and quarterbacks and drafts and free agents. Shout out to my father-in-law. You know, as I was talking about quarterbacks on the last episode, one of the things that he texted me was like, what about Derek Carr? And 100% Derek Carr is definitely a viable option. You know, I personally have said, let's draft our guy. And you're going to hear a little bit later in the episode, me talking about Frank Wright's press conference from the NFL Combine, where he talks about the benefits of drafting. Scott Fitter talks about the benefits of drafting. But hey, If you have a proven veteran, Derek Carr's 31, 32, at least five or six more years of prime quarterback play, he's a proven asset. He knows how to play. It's a very different situation than when we brought in Sam Darnold, who was lost, you know, when he was with the New York Jets. Baker Mayfield, who was, I wouldn't say Baker Mayfield was lost, but he had question marks around him. Derek Carr is a proven quarterback. He's a hot, hot commodity, in my opinion, as far as quarterbacks that are available. But I just don't know, you know, if we're going to make that move. There's a lot to be said. I'm doing a lot of talking today around quarterbacks, but I think I'll get back on script with some of the content that I have for y'all today or at least give you an overview. So 
I was able to go out and round out almost all of the initial interviews and press conferences that I heard from the new coaching staff. I got around to everyone but Thomas Brown and Dom Capers. So in the next few weeks after the combine settles and we do another three, you know, four mock drafts, I'll have a little time to go back through those and start sharing that content, you know, sprinkle it in with the updates that I get. With that said, I did get to go through quite a few interviews. So I do want to share just some very quick insights that I heard from the press conferences with the coaches, things that, you know, again, um, I've learned from them, things that get me excited about the Carolina Panthers. We also rounded out our coaching staff. I think that's very important to highlight. Our coaching staff is complete. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then we'll go ahead and talk a little bit while we're here, why not? Let's talk about the quarterback draft class. Let's talk about the combine that's getting ready to kick off. And then we'll round this all out with the Reich and Fitter press conferences that were on March 1st at the NFL combine. So just finished going through those. All right, let's kind of go back to square one. I'm going down the rabbit hole of quarterbacks. I could spend all day talking about quarterback play and who we want or where we're going to go, but I think it's important to level set. Um, So as you start a podcast, in my case, starting a podcast about a sports team, I, in a way, I'm lucky because there's a brand new staff in place. Now, I feel like I kind of knew from afar, you know, the Matt Rule staff that was here, but we've got this reset that's happening. So for me, I'm trying to do my best to get up to speed as quickly as possible. And so it's like, how much time do I want to spend going over the staff and the team versus, you know, starting to move forward. I think we're getting to that phase. That means that, you know, these these episodes are going to get better is really what what I'm trying to tell you. Not to say that I'm anything (laughs) worth two cents, but it's going to get fun because we are going to truly start talking about the draft class. We're going to start talking about our free agents, the offseason, the scheme that's going to be put into place, who's playing what position, the moves that are going to be made. And that stuff's fun. And then you start talking about predictions and what is the season going to look like as these things come together. Of course, any other news that happens along the way. So I'm very excited about that. But going back to kind of square one, let's take a a quick second to go back over the Reich press conference. And there's some highlights that I wrote down that, of course, you know, resonated with me. Some of the things that I really like about the press conference in terms of the players that he wants and the coaching staff that he's putting together. Number one is high character. He wants high character players and coaches. And I I think that's extremely important as you try to build a winning franchise and as you're leading these men, these are not kids or boys anymore, these are men. As you try to to lead them, you're not going to be able to babysit them like you would in a college program. So I think having that high character attitude is important. Another thing to talk about is three of the coaches on our staff actually interviewed for head coaching jobs. Now, again, that's something I already talked about, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. But I think it's just important to highlight on paper what is in place. All of this could mean nothing if it doesn't pan out. And if we don't win games, like that will literally mean nothing. But today where we are, what it does, though, um, kind of taking a step back, is I start talking about these coaches that were here that went through head coaching interviews. We actually are going to potentially see our coordinators, if we have success, we know that our coordinators are going to believe, leave 
are going to leave us. And in Frank Wright's conference, he addresses this point. He said uh, in the press conference that he 100% is hiring people on his staff that he believes could take over if some of our coordinators left. And that's offense, defense, and special teams. He believes that all three of our coaches in those positions are capable of being a head coach. So that has me excited as you know, a head coach seeing the potential in the other coaches. One that, hey, we've got the talent here to get these guys up to speed, but we also know they're not going to be here that long. So it's having that stability, having the people underneath that can learn and grow and move into that next phase, kind of the next man up mentality, but from a coaching perspective. So I was really uh, excited about that. He also talked about thought diversity, which I think we can see that with the staff that he's brought together with, again, coaches that have head coaching experience um, from a consulting perspective and what they're going to bring to the table. Just the Josh McCown, he talked about Josh McCown having an understanding of more offenses just from his playing perspective. And eventually Reich, as we know, Frank Wright wants to to pass along the play calling. Uh, And so that's something that we're going to keep an eye on. But also just being able to, to handle the ups and downs of the seasons, the different types of players. One thing, one word, if I had to summarize Reich and what I have heard to date, it is collaboration. All about collaboration, whether it's from him working with Tepper and Fitter, whether it's the players and the coaches. And in this whole dynamic, he is 100% a, a collaborative approach when he is making these decisions. He wants does not want yes men. He does not want people. And who does? Who wants a yes man? If you're going to have a truly successful business and organization, you cannot have people underneath you that are telling you what you want to hear. You got to get it straight. And you got to get the truth. And you got to have people who are comfortable telling you, we don't need to do it this way. We need to make this adjustment, this change. This is who needs to play here, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm very excited about that. We all know this has been confirmed, but we are moving to a 3-4 defense. So lots of lots of changes to happen on the personnel side, which we'll get into. I think that dust is going to settle a little bit more as we go into the draft. So we'll talk about that, of course. Then that was kind of the summary of what I got out of the right conference. So again, I'm going to keep listening as they talk. These things come out and I'll share the information that I get. Pass it along to you. Next, we have Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell's press conference was actually pretty short, but we are pumped to have him. He said he actually has a family here in the Carolinas, got kids and grandkids. So it was the perfect fit for him. We also talked about, you know, just what he brings from a consultation and evaluation perspective. That's what he's been doing these past few years, even though he's looked at some coaching opportunities. Also, as I brought up, he's content with where he is with his family, doesn't you know want that long distance traveling. So being able to settle down right here, he's excited about that. And I am too. I think he will bring tremendous value to this staff. Um, we talk about, or skipping ahead, sorry, Averro talking about our defense, what he looks for in our defense. Again, we're moving to that 3-4 defense. He's looking for intelligence. I mean, who isn't looking for that? But intelligence from his players. He wants smart players who understand. We all know we, we've had this guy named Luke Keekley, one of the smartest players in NFL history. I mean, you go back to the games he would play and he would be able to call 
out the offensive play before it happened because he was just that obsessed. And we need that. We need a leader on that side of the ball that can bring that to the Carolinas. So I'm excited about that. But of course, he talks about physical attacking, getting to the ball. That is his identity. Just that effort that you want to see, not giving up, being aggressive. He was asked about Shaq Thompson and how Shaq Thompson fit into this. Of course, in these press conferences, they are not, you know, giving a lot of information initially because they have they've barely met with the team, barely met with the players and the other coaches. I mean, that was one comment is like, it's a busy time right now. Coaching staffs traveling around, scouting. We've got the combine. So coaches themselves have had little time to sit sit around together and figure out who's their guys and what is this roster. But that is step one, of course, is going through the roster that we have today. We'll talk about this and maybe the the cookies will crumble or you know th- pieces will fall into place before we get around to it. But Shaq Thompson and his contract, he is projected, I think, around 23, 24 million this year. That's a lot of money. I think there's going to have to be some restructuring or we, again, could save money by letting him go. He is getting a little bit older, 29 years old at the linebacker position. I'm likely going to want an extension. I don't think that's something that we're going to want to offer. So keep an eye on that. As I go down this rabbit hole, it's just it's it's easy to get carried away when you start, you know, uh, going down these corners. But the other is DJ Moore, of course. So DJ Moore's contract is potential for a lot of money. What you will see happen now in this period that we're in, of course, we're in the uh, franchise tag period where we can place the franchise tag on one player. Uh, potentially, that could be Bozeman. It could be Foreman. Um, Fitter did say he's actively talking to their agents to kind of figure that out. But <clears throat> what you see during this period is potentially ta- uh, players converting their contracts. You know, Maybe they're projected to make $16 million this year instead of having that on a salary cap converting that to a signing bonus so it doesn't affect the salary cap. They still get their money. Kind of a win-win for everyone. But last tidbit to close out the Avero conversation around you know defense and the defensive coordinator from what I got. As we talk about this 3-4 defense, again, three defensive linemen, four linebackers, one thing to highlight, and Reich even said it in his conference as well, that you know, your base defense, you're only in that about 20 to 30% of your plays. So there are all kinds of player personnel groups that change in and out of the games based off of, you know, who you're playing down and distance, all that good stuff. So I don't think we would expect a total revamp. um, But all that to say, there is obviously players on our team that are going to be impacted by this transition Again, I've mentioned to Jeremy Chen. I think he's probably one of the bigger ones and or Shaq Thompson if he stays around. But that's all I got there. Uh, Deuce Staley. So South Carolina native. Um, he said he is happy to be home. The big key takeaway. Again, he's our running backs coach that I'll highlight. Number one, he worked with right before. But he talks about his philosophy at the running back position. And his philosophy is a 3 Backs, three running backs. So very different than what we're accustomed to or have been accustomed to over the last four or five years in Carolina, which was pretty much McCaffrey at 100% of the reps when healthy, and then maybe someone else off the bench, Chuba Hubbard, getting five, 10 carries. So he likes a rotation at running back, which I, I'm okay with that. I mean, we saw that a little bit last year with Foreman and, and Chuba Hubbard. They're still, of course, 
some work we have to do from our perspective with this team and what, you know, what we're going to put together and who we're going to bring back or bring over. Are we going to draft another back? Are we going to get someone through a free agency? Leonard Fournette just got cut from the Bucks, although I don't think that's someone we would want. But anyways, um, I say that so meaning because it looks, you know, moving forward, it's definitely going to change our outlook and maybe we don't have to have that big splash guy when you've got two or three backs that can just go in and out, in and out. So really like that. Um, outside of that, he is he did sprinkle a little bit of information uh, you know, around the quarterback. I feel like every one of these press conferences, no matter who the coach is, um, unless it's defense, they're they're getting questions asked about the quarterback and our philosophy, just anything that they can, you know shed light on. And so from his perspective, he said, yep, that's not my decision. You can talk to Reich about that, which is 100% the case. But uh, he did say, obviously looking for a leader, 100% need a leader at the quarterback position. And when he talked about our running game, the Panthers running game, one thing to highlight, Deuce Staley was a coach for the Detroit Lions last year, a running backs coach. And if you recall the game that the Panthers played the Lions last year, we broke a franchise record in rushing yards. So he is very excited about the rushing game and the offensive line and what's in place there. Again, we were able to retain our offensive line coach. Those are big key pieces. I think it's getting the backs in place, getting that locked up. And when you have that, and I've said this before, when you have a strong running game and a strong defense, you don't need a miracle worker at quarterback. It could be a Derek Carr. It could be a rookie. It could be a veteran, another veteran that's not out there. So much more to come there. So that is a recap of the interviews that I was able to go through. Again, I am going to go back Make sure that I get every single interview just for my own personal stuff. You know, I may not talk about them, but the Thomas Brown and Dom Capers interview, um, being able to make sure that y'all have an understanding of who's here. Now, the only other thing I'll talk about as we talk about our coaching staff and where it is today, we did make our hire at tight ends. Um, actually, as a, as a North Carolina fan, a little bit sad, but uh, John Lilly, who was the tight ends coach at the University of North Carolina, is now the tight ends coach for your Carolina Panthers. So excited for what he'll bring to the table. Um, watching our tight end play at North Carolina the last few years, he's definitely put put together some talent there. So much more to come uh, as, as we get discussing that. But that's kind of the, the high-level overview of the coaching and where we stand today. Next, what I want to do is quickly talk about the press conference interviews from the Combine. So let's go ahead and transition there. All right, y'all. So this is a kind of high-level overview of the Reich press conference from, again, the March 1st NFL Combine press conference. It was about 16 minutes. Fitter followed up after him. But we did have some good takeaways from that press conference. Again, All the questions that are being asked right now are 100% around quarterback play. But there there were some good tidbits that came out of there. I mean, as he talked about how he is assessing this quarterback class and or free agents in the market, he talked about having the right fit. Always talking about that high character and quarterback leadership. He wants someone with proven, excuse me, uh, tangibles that can lead. When he did mention that, he mentioned that Derek Carr is an excellent leader. And, of course, the Carolina Panthers 
have met with Derek Carr. I think there's going to be some continued discussions there. Other teams that have met with Derek Carr include the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they're a cross-division rival and the New York Jets. Now, it's hard right now to predict the Derek Carr situation. In my mind, if I had to put you know money on it, today it feels like he would move towards the New York Jets if Aaron Rodgers does not move. Now, with that said, of course, if you follow along with Aaron Rodgers, you know Aaron Rodgers just came out of his uh, man cave wilderness expedition of darkness. So he's looking to make his decision on what he wants to do, whether that's you know out or being traded. I don't really know where that's going to settle, but I do think in my mind, we need Aaron Rodgers, that block to fall first before we start to see other quarterbacks fall. Now, that might not be the case. I mean, if the team here in Carolina really likes, you know, Derek Carr or the New Orleans Saints and it's a good offer and opportunity, that that chip may fall uh, sooner than the others. But that was a good, good kind of highlight there. When, uh, excuse me, when Reich was asked about this draft class, and of course, he said that they've met with five quarterbacks. He did not name the quarterbacks, but I mean, we can assume at least the the top there, Stroud, Young, Richardson, and Levis, and then obviously someone else that there's going to be, those were our guys more than likely that we're met with. But he talked about this draft class being very smart. I mean, we hear about intelligence. That's just something you have to have is you're a quarterback in the NFL leading this offense. So the only other highlights that came out of this, he did say that he, of course, we have our quarterback, Matt Corral, on the roster. He has spoke to Matt Corral. And again, it's in this weird you know, state right now with travel and everything. So he hasn't had a lot of time spent with him. Of course, hasn't really seen much from him outside of, you know, potentially film out there from last year, early preseason. So uh, more to come, but he didn't rule that out as like, you know, This is the NFL. These men are here to compete. So we'll see. And then, of course, the other thing is we start talking about this and I'll kind of bleed over into Fritter's comments now. And there's a lot of conversation around veteran versus drafting. And so when you look at the two two different sides of this, of course, when you draft a rookie quarterback, and this is something that Fritter and Wright talked about was being able to develop him and develop him into the system and style that you want. Um, Basically, of course, putting your stamp on there. And I think that's great. But I also think about all the failed quarterbacks and maybe I'll get to do this in one episode, just looking at, and I, I started to do this, but I didn't get very far, but taking a look at successful quarterbacks that have been drafted the last, you know, five or 10 years, there's been a ton of misses and not just a ton of misses, but a ton of misses right there at the top. You know, with draft picks, you mean just name Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield of draft picks that just haven't worked out. I could even throw Kyler Murray up there, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to pan out. But you have those situations. And so it's it's trying to determine, is it worth investing your time and money into this? The big upside to it is, of course, you have control and maybe it buys you a little more time. But at the same time, when you have a proven veteran here, that gives you, I think, just a, a better chance in general. And That's the question that Dan Orlovsky kept bringing up was like, this team's ready. This division's open. It's time to do something, whether that is, you know, moving up in the draft, getting your guy or bringing on that free agent. Now, the thing that was highlighted is, you know, Derek Carr is still in his prime. He's a young quarterback. He's about 32, 31. He's got at least five or six years left. And so 
you know, according to Reich and, and Fitter, all options are on the table. And they even said, you know, there is potential for a veteran to come in and draft a rookie. Of course, we have Corral on the roster, like I keep saying. But, um, you know, if they do go that route, they did say it would be a veteran, of course, with a lower price tag. So hard to hard to know what we're going to do. I'm excited to see what we're going to decide. Now, who knows? He did say, of course, that Bryce Young checks all the boxes. He was asked about Bryce Young's height and his size of the concern. And he said, yeah, size is a concern. This is the NFL. But, of course, he referenced, you know, the success of Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. So much more to come there. Those were the the main highlights from Mike. Not much else came out of that. Um, next was Fritter. So he closed out the press conference for the Carolina Panthers at the Combine. Number one, he's just excited about the staff that's in place here, as I have said, and you've heard people talk about. He also said, we're not here to play 500 ball, that this team and Tepper wants a winning football team, not a team that wins seven, eight, nine games. He wants a team that's winning the division, that's making it into the playoffs and winning in the playoffs. Of course, he was asked about quarterback play, and his opinion on that, again, is it's time to evaluate. That's what they're doing right now is making evaluations, exploring every options. He doesn't want to kind of compare Sam to Baker to Derek. And I don't think that I would either. I think they're all just different situations. You know, before I really got into the weeds, I was kind of thinking of Derek Carr is in a similar state of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. But again, Derek Carr has been successful. Jimmy Garoppolo has been successful, although I'm not putting Jimmy on our list. But so I do think it's going to be interesting to see where we go. The other things really out of Fitter's conference, his press conference surrounding them were talks about deals for Foreman and then just being able to draft and develop players in the right way. The only other thing that came out of that also was just conversations about Brian Burns. He just, you know, as far as not dealing him last year, that he feels like he's a crucial piece to our program. He sees a lot of upside in Terrence Marshall. He likes what he saw there. And then kind of just a side caveat note, as they were talking about draft prospects, one of the things he brought up was NIL and the impact of that on players being drafted, meaning he thought it would be interesting as you know studies come out looking at these players that continue to move around, that play for one season, they're not starting, and then get upset and transfer out and keep transferring around and you know kind of going from there. But he also said the other thing you're going to see is, and I think we've already seen this, is more guys going who may be a sixth or seventh round projection staying for more years in college football so that they can get their money. So totally, totally different conversation there. Um, football, college football related. I'd love to get into college football in another podcast, but we're not going to do that on today. So that was really the synopsis there. The only other thing that's uh, that came out of the fitter press conference was what key positions are we going to be looking for, whether in free agency or the draft? So of course, quarterback, I don't think that I have to, you know, keep saying that, but quarterback, of course, the other that we've talked about is tight end. We'd also, he also mentioned getting wide receiver help. He feels good about the offensive line, of course, assuming that we can bring back Bozeman and get him secured, which I hope we do. And then uh, of course, Foreman and getting him secured. The only other two real key positions were safety and linebacker, just with the change in our defense, getting faster guys that are able to play 
at the linebacker position, speed being, you know, extremely important in the three, four defense, as you now have only three defensive linemen versus the four. And so you need linebackers that are able to move and get around. So no, that's pretty much all we got from the press conferences, tons of information there. The only other thing that I'll talk about as we close out this episode of the Combine is taking a look at the quarterbacks at the NFL Combine. Now, this is not my draft analysis. This is not me saying who I think we're going to pick, but just kind of going through the list of the quarterbacks that are going to be there. Now, again, there's so much happening. We've already heard that uh, the Chicago Bears are looking to move off of their number one pick, that they don't want to stay there. So I think there's going to be movement you know, up or down that way. So let's take a look at the quarterbacks. All right, y'all. So I have the list pulled up in front of me. Well, I'm pulling it up right now. And uh, obviously we know the big names on here. I'll go ahead and read those out. Will Levis out of Kentucky is going to be here. Anthony Richardson out of Florida. CJ Stroud, Ohio State. And Bryce Young out of Alabama. So my assumption is that the Carolina Panthers talk to those four plus one. Now, out of the group that remains, I have no idea who that plus one could have been. Some other intriguing names that are on this list that I would be, well, it's hard to say I'd be okay with us drafting, but if it was later in the draft, it would definitely you know intrigue me. So... We have Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. He's actually a North Carolina native. Went to Dudley High School to UDLEY. If you know, you know. So I know he got hurt. There was some injury uh, proneness there, or at least from the past season. So I don't know what that's going to look like, what his draft stock is going to be. Of course, he's going to be evaluated there. And then Max Duggan out of TCU. I know he was a total flop in the national championship game, but that's also a prospect. Now, as I sit here and look at this list, and again, I haven't pulled the full data from the past you know, five or six years or 10 years of the NFL draft, but it's pretty clear that there's been a lot of misses at the top of the draft. Basically, for teams that are reaching very early to get their guy and their guy just doesn't pan out. I mean, we've seen it all over the board, whether we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, some may even argue about Justin Fields. It's Across the board, we see it every year. So looking at this and kind of, you know, analyzing where we are, if I had to, you know, make a decision for the Panthers, my decision and my thought process is that we should stay where we are or potentially trade back and maybe get another pick. Because I have a very strong feeling that our quarterback's just not going to be there. And out of this group, Unless you have the number one pick, you do not have a guarantee that your guy is going to be there. I mean, if you move up to number two, you're giving up a lot of draft capital again to try to get somebody. But, of course, you have that feeling when someone's in front of you at the number one pick that they could take your guy and then you're stuck. And I guess theoretically, maybe you trade back again. But I don't know. All that to say, if we take a look and use last year's draft class as an example how many people had Brock Purdy leading the 49ers to the NFC Championship game? I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last player and last quarterback, obviously, taken in the NFL draft. And so how did so many teams miss him? How did so many teams not get it right? We 
tout about this scouting and combines and this player's the best player here, here, and here, but we've got this no-name guy, Brock Purdy, coming in, running an NFL offense, and of course, they fell short in the title game. He was injured, would have loved to see him healthy, but at the same time, you're like, okay, if this kid can do it, who else are we not analyzing properly? I think about Matt Corral last year, again, as we talk specifically about our Carolina Panthers. Now, He had his ups and downs through the little bit of training camp in the preseason that we got to see of him, but I don't know if he's the guy, and I felt like the Panthers last year reached on that pick, and that was another valuable pick that could have been spent on someone else around this team, whether it's offense or defense, to help us get into better shape. So as you think about the mock draft, again, I'm going to put together my mock draft. I am going to... Uh, take a look at what the Panthers have posted because they've actually shared a few mock drafts themselves with what some of the analysts in other uh, the sports industry are saying about who they're going to be picking. I'm seeing a ton of people talk about Anthony Richardson. I just don't buy it. I don't buy the hype. I think there's just a lot of talk coming out of there that, you know, this is the guy. Maybe they think that he can be molded under Reich. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And I'm not going to buy into it. So I'm hoping the Panthers stay put where they are I mean, if you're not moving up to the number one pick, you're not you're you're not going to have a shot, in my opinion, to get who you really want. And I think the Panthers are in a position where they have to get the guy that they really want in order to succeed. So much more to come. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. So I'll get this published, posted for y'all, obviously. And then uh, the next episode, I think we are going to start moving in. We'll maybe do a recap of the combine, uh, potentially any press conference or other you know news updates that come out. And then uh, put together my mock draft as we keep this thing rolling. All right, y'all, you've been listening to Two States, One Team. This is Carolina Dad signing off. See y'all.